The last series of the regular season is finally upon us. UMass is traveling up to Orono, Maine to take on the Maine Black Bears in a series that has some pretty big playoff implications. So let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 85 of High Character. We have the final series preview of the regular season coming out for you guys. UMass is making their big northern trip of the year, going up to Orono, Maine, to take on the Maine Black Bears and old friend Ben Barr. My name is Cameron, and today I am joined by my good friend Evan. Evan, how's it going, man? I'm doing all right. I am both looking forward to and I'm a little scared of this weekend if I'm being honest with myself here like a lot of I guess playoff implications just kind of like who we're going to be playing against and the the long shot of maybe we get home ice in the playoffs if everything goes perfectly as far as I know but means a tough team man they're kind of on a tear recently doing doing my research for the episode I've noticed some troubling statistics in their favor so yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, I'm a little nervous, but we're making the trip up to Maine anyway, so it should be a fun weekend regardless. Hoping that uh hoping we can get some good results there and cap off a pretty solid weekend trip. Yeah, looking at the standings, unless this weekend goes perfectly, um, not crazy standings implications. Um, it'll be our first time up there, so we're gonna um we're not gonna have the the games dictate our weekend too much gonna have some fun things planned and stuff like that but definitely excited for the games and to see Alphon for the first time and you mentioned Maine having some troubling uh numbers in our favor um they've been hot recently they they come in with a 15 13 and 5 record 9 9 and 4 in conference uh you look at that record and you would think probably pretty mid but um they've been hot lately the beginning of the season they had a 4 nothing win against number three Quinnipiac which is very impressive at home. They're 11, four and one, which is an outstanding record in your home building. Um, definitely attributed to guys having to make the long trip to get there. And like I said, of late, they've uh, kind of been dominating uh, outside of some losses to BU, who's pretty uh, far and away the best team in the conference. They've uh, I don't think they've lost in regulation to anybody else since uh, for the at least last couple months. So, uh they are hot right now not a great time to run into Maine especially on the road yeah that that's the concerning part like when I was doing some research I literally saw they've lost three times since January 14th and those all have come against like number fifth in the country BU it's like if your name isn't BU they're gonna beat you like that's genuinely insane and when they got beat by BU I mean they got beat handily like 5-1 nine to six like holy crap and how, then, many, how many nine to six games is BU gonna have this year yeah this is genuinely ridiculous and then another five to three so like just for the example of just saying what if those games never happened I'm pretty sure their starting goaltender would have like a 1.2 goals against average or something ridiculous like that's clearly where he's let up the most goals you know this season so I mean you, you take away a couple of those bad games against what's genuinely one of the best teams in the nation right now they've been steamrolling basically everybody else besides that. So I remember when we did our like, you know, season preview episode, we kind of thought, Hey, we could have a pretty, you know, solid, you know, nice, easy end of the season maybe and generate some momentum going into the playoff season. And uh, 
here we are basically scared out of our minds against Maine, especially a dominant home team where we got to play two games against them away from home. It's a little bit of a scary thought. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm interested in checking out our schedule preview episode and seeing how how that sounds after the season is over. That should be pretty funny. But yeah, Maine, uh, definitely not the the cakewalk that they've been the last couple of years. It's gonna be a couple hard fought games on UMass's side. You've been with us all year. You you kind of know the deal. They come in 11, 16, and five, five, 14, and three in conference, which is really tough. Um, if UNH wins their game against Vermont on Thursday, uh, New Mass is going to have a very hard time finishing anywhere above 10th in Hockey East. So um, tough there. The numbers have been um, kind of trending in a poor direction. Um, this team used to pride itself on faceoffs a lot. That number is finally at exactly 50%. Um, I think they were as high as 53 or 54%. Earlier in the year, that number has been tanking. Uh, in this first game against Maine, the team is going to reach 1,000 saves on the on the season. I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I don't have the numbers pulled up, but I kind of hard to imagine that that's even happened in the regular season for this team, just given how many shots that they give up and uh, their penalties per game number has been going up too. It's 3.8 penalties per game now, which. Um, you'd hope as the season goes on, that number would get lower as your team kind of figures out its, um, its identity, but it's been going up. So, um, not, not great. The things that I just mentioned. Yeah. I have a couple of theories. I mean, I think for the, for the penalties, I mean, my, my prevailing theory in my mind is that just shows that the team is playing, I wouldn't say more panicky, but maybe with a bit more urgency, just kind of knowing the the direction that the season's kind of gone for them. They might just be, you know, trying to make any play that they possibly can to just try and stop the puck from going into the net and just they're starting to play a bit more desperate, maybe. Um, just kind of an idea that I had. And one of the other things that I noticed just to add on to kind of whole, you know, slew of facts that you just threw out there. I did a little bit of research last weekend after the uh the BC games and uh, or BC game. Who did we just play? Yeah. Northeastern. I, Northeastern. I'm an idiot. I'm sitting there throwing around my Boston schools like it's nothing. That's just one of them is in Boston, so I'm not even sure how you got. Yeah, that. that's a really good. You know what, man? It's been a long season. I'm just I'm so <laughs> scatterbrained at this point right now. It's so tough. But after the Northeastern games, um, which yeah, I was just riding that high from senior night. I'm just feeling so good. I couldn't even think about what I was trying to say. Um, I looked into the UMass hockey record book on my computer and. I noticed like a weird trend from when Carby took over to like this season. Our block shot numbers have like literally almost halved over the course of like just kind of like the past six or seven seasons that Carby's been our head coach. Like I think the first, you know, season or two that he took over, we were averaging like 500, 600 block shots a season. Now I think we're lucky to have like 200 or like 250 on the season. Like, I don't know if it's just, like, a fundamental shift in, like, how the defense is being played, just, like, you know, setup-wise and, like, scheme-wise. But, I mean, we've talked about it throughout the entire season, just the lack of block shots and just giving up so many shots per game. I just think that's kind of a huge thing. And it's it's not like this is just, like, a weird little blip on the radar just for the season. Like, it's been a constant kind of thing going from season to season. We went from, like, 600 to 500 to 400 to, like, 270 now I think we're probably at like 240. Like it's just been steadily going down over the course of these past couple of years. So a little bit troubling, a little bit weird, but yeah, I'm not really sure what the solution is necessarily, but 
it's not like, you know, this program's been a, been a stranger to, you know, block shots. Cause back in the day we were doing it in, in droves. So something clearly changed and I'm curious to see what that is. Yeah. That's interesting. My mind first jumps to the, losing some D first D men, Colin yeah. Felix, Ty farmer, that, that type of guy. So maybe it's that, that is, I, that you mentioned that it's kind of a troubling stat. I hope to see that number go back up next season. Um, I think having Lyndon Alger out for most of the year hurts that. I think he'd yeah. be kind of one of the, the main shot blockers on the blue line. So um, definitely some some tough numbers that we threw at you there, but that's just the kind of season that we're having here. We're uh, finally getting a full scope of things with this being the end of the regular season. So, yeah, let's jump over to uh, the goaltender situation. We'll talk about Maine first. Um, this is where they've really excelled in their run that they've had lately. Their main guy Victor Osman, Osman, not sure how you pronounce it. Uh, I think it's Osman. Osman, Victor yeah, Osman. Uh, he's just been fantastic. 28 games started, 2.05 goals per game average with a 926 save percentage. So um, he's really carrying Maine on the stretch that they've had. He's been good. Yeah, it's just pure filth. I mean, there's no other way around it. I mean, He's been shutting out, you know, he has five shutouts on the season. That's pretty ridiculous in its own right. That's a really, really solid stat. And, I mean, the goals against average is hovering at around a two. Like, that's your starting goalie that's played 30 games so far. Like, their backups are essentially non-existent this season. They've been riding this dude to the death, and he's been showing up. Like, he's playing extremely well. I mean, the team in front of him has not been playing that terrible. I mean, Goal support leaves a bit to be desired, but man, he's holding up his end of the bargain. Like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I've said it time and time again on this podcast, you know, if, if your defense and your goalie are holding you to, you're know, holding your opponent to two goals a game, you're, you're in a damn good spot. And if you can get three on the other end of the ice, you're going to win most of your games. And, you know, he's, he's definitely been doing his end of that job. So fair play to Victor Osman. I have no idea how the hell we're going to solve him this weekend because it's going to be a really tall task to try and do that with the way that he's playing. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. UMass did pretty well against Devin Levi in their first game. Uh, but of course he got the shutout in the second. So a um, couple, couple back-to-back really good goaltenders. We'll see how UMass fares and on UMass's side of things. Um, we're a bit at a loss at this point in the season. Um, we, become really hard to predict who's going to be in goal um it's been kind of a revolving door of late Cole Brady uh has been the man the last couple games but his numbers now uh look the worst out of all three he's got seven starts uh 2.99 goals per game with a 906 save percentage which isn't going to really get it done um Pav and Graham they have a similar save percentage at 920 and 921 um, Pav definitely has a higher goals per game average. I think that's just because uh, Graham has faced kind of weaker competition. Uh, all things considered, he got that Lake Superior State game and stuff like that. But um, we have decided that we cannot definitively put a prediction on of who we think is going to start genuinely so such a toss up from us that uh, we're going to let a robot decide for us. We have a wheel here. It's got all three of their names on it, even odds. We're going to spin it. We'll post it on Twitter right after. And this is going to be our official prediction for who is in coal. Um, I'll get the wheel started. Let's go. We're going to get some, some random non-copyrighted music in the background for this section. If you want to edit that in, do, 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 do. <laughs> let's get ready for the big wheel spin right here. All right. So here we go. It's spinning. 
I, I don't even get the, the courtesy of the screen share. So I'm waiting nope. for, for Cam's very cool announcement. All right. Luke Pavisic is going to start on Friday. I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, even though I couldn't definitively say a starting goaltender, in my mind, there was the ever so slightly, you know, like just kind of lean in that direction just because, I mean, Brady did, oh, like he, he did all right, but clearly it wasn't to be, you know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he was pretty mid overall. Like we got absolutely spanked in that second game. And Graham, his numbers are okay. But like you said, I mean, taking into account, I guess, strength of schedule, if you will. I don't really know what the name of that sort of metric would be, but it's just, I don't know if he's really there. So we, if we're being honest with ourselves, we kind of might need a game to get stolen for us this weekend. Mm-hmm. And Pavisic simply gives us the best chance of doing that. Kind of funny that we had to have a robot decide that one for us now that I'm justifying the hell out of it in my mind but (laughs) trying my best to keep this entertaining for the viewers here but yeah i I agree with the robot on that one i think uh i think ai is starting to get a little bit too smart for us yeah we got to throw it into what is that that uh chat gpt thing next time and just have it spit (laughs) out a whole analysis on the pavisic's season for us yeah that'd be pretty funny yep so uh our official high character opinion now that the robot has decided is that luke pavisic will start at least the first game this weekend all right, let's jump over to uh, the scoring for each of these teams. So on main side, um, one guy really sticks out, Lyndon Breen. He's got 30 points this year, 17 goals, 13 assists. Nobody really comes that close to him. Um, Maine doesn't score a lot. They only have 2.6 goals for. So um, he's all alone at the top there. And definitely the guy that we're going to have to watch out for most on, on the main side of things. Yeah, this dude knows how to score goals. I mean, 17 goals for him. The next closest guy got eight. I mean, that just kind of tells you everything you need to know right there. We still do not have a guy in the double digits for goals. So if we have one guy that we're going to need to shut down, it's clearly Lyndon Breen. But, I mean, this guy, Ben Ben Poisson, Poisson. I don't know how French we're trying to get with this one today, but I know it means fish in French. So Ben Fish, I mean, I don't know. Well, we'll see if he can, you know, put the puck in the net, praying that Pavisic will do his best to stop that. But, you know, Lyndon Breen seems to be the guy, and he's going to have a target on his back, hoping not too big of a target to where Taylor McCarr does something silly and, you know, cross-checks him in the back of the dome or something like that, gets himself a five-minute major. But, uh, yeah, hoping hoping we can shut him down as much and as cleanly as humanly possible. Yeah, and you you mentioned UMass. We still don't have a, a guy that's over – uh, that's in double digits for goals. Uh, we've talked a lot about Kenny Connors and Michael Cameron um, and kind of compared them a lot throughout the season. They both have nine goals, uh, but we just wanted to make sure uh, everybody knows what the numbers are. Kenny Connors has nine goals and 17 assists. Yeah. Michael Cameron has nine goals and three assists. So um, we've been comparing them a lot. Kenny Connors is definitely kind of leading the way in terms of that offensive production. And then at the top of the scoring sheet, uh, obviously it's been Scott Morrow for a bit now. Um, he's ahead of Kenny Connors in points by one. He got his seventh goal over the weekend. He has 20 assists. So uh, pretty good production from him, but nobody's really, really jumping out too much on UMass's side. And one thing that we noticed when we were looking at these numbers to try to talk for this little segment, um, number really jumped out at us. We, we talked about it uh, either last week or the week before about uh, Owen Murray having a, a tough plus minus. Uh, Ryan Ufko really jumps off the page minus 12. We've been kind of talking him up the whole season and deservingly so. Um, he's been a, a big part of every UMass's success 
But looking at the numbers, we are a bit dumbfounded by that minus 12. Um, not sure we haven't seen the, he passes the eye test for sure defensively, but um, definitely something we might want to dive deeper into um, after the season's over kind of perplexing number there. Yeah. The numbers are super weird. I mean, if you're just kind of like the uninitiated hockey fan, just checking out elite prospects for whatever reason, I mean, you see a minus 12 out of Ofco and a minus what is a 13 out of Owen Murray yeah. right there. You'd figure they'd be on the same defensive line, you know, like usually those things would correlate like that, but Ofco has been playing alongside, I mean, a couple different defensemen this season. I think it's been a bit of McDermott, a bit of like Noah Ellis and a bit of, you know, mainly Bollinger, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, he's just been, you know, none of those defensemen that he's been playing alongside of really have even relatively close as bad of a plus minus, you know what I mean? Not even close. It's a little bit weird. I mean, I wish I had access to like all the data, you know, I'm going to have to try and sneak into the UMass, you know, analytics room or something like (laughs) that and figure out who's been, you know, with who and how much time on ice and all this stuff. But I mean, realistically, I think it's just a byproduct who's being on the ice so much, you know, he, he does play a lot of first line minutes and, you know, like we see the, the, the first offensive, you know, line of, you know, Lebster, Keefuke, and whoever is centering that night on, you know, on any given night, usually to be like Eric Faith or, you know, Josh Nodler or somebody like that, that, that those, those guys are a minus seven in their own right. You know what I mean? So usually it's kind of whatever defenseman will be playing alongside them. You know, they're going to kind of, at least this season, kind of get the short end of the stick because our top offensive line isn't very, you know, defensively minded. So we're going to get burned by, you know, really talented groups of forwards that are, you know, like Cutter Gauthier just absolutely destroyed us, you know, when we played against BC. Simple as that. I mean, that was five goals in one of the game's first period alone. So, you know, there, I think Ufko was kind of a byproduct. He was having a really, really tough couple of games recently. You know, I think his plus minus was looking pretty damn solid up until about a month ago. And that was when everything started to kind of fall apart. So, you know, it's, it's been a tough outing for him and I'm, you know, I'm excited to see him bounce back. We'll, we'll see, you know, what this means for next year, potentially, because I mean, if you were to ask us a couple months ago when he was on the world junior team, we're thinking this dude's gone, you know what I mean? And I don't want to discredit anything that he's done this season, but who knows at this point, you know, you might be able to make the case that he might need another year of seasoning, you know, for, for better or for worse. I might be a little bit selfish here, but I'm hoping he sticks around for another year. Cause I think he'll be a, a huge boost to that defensive core next season. Yeah, I, I hope so too, selfishly, to be honest. But yeah, uh, yeah we, we thought we'd bring that up just because that number was pretty alarming uh, yeah. that we noticed. Uh, definitely I took a turn for the worst over the last couple weekends. So uh, weird stuff there. It's basically everything that we wanted to mention. Um, I guess we can go to, to keys to the game or to the series. Um, I'm, I gotta be honest, I'm, I'm nervous. I mean, I said this. <laughs> yeah before Northeastern and then we won the first game. So we'll see how things go. But um, Maine has one of the higher shots per game uh, totals of any team that we've seen lately. They have 30.8 shots per game. Uh, as as we've talked about at length, UMass gives up a lot of shots per game uh, and, and the goaltending has been a bit iffy. So I'm a little nervous. They they can score when they, when they want to at Maine. They don't have a high um, goals per game number, but they do have a couple of really high scoring games. So it's kind of seeming like, um, the perfect mix for that, which has me a little nervous. And they're a much better face-off team this season. UMass, like I said, 50%. Maine's 52.7. So uh, we've been getting absolutely dominated in that category the last couple of weeks. And I'm um, kind of nervous about that continuing. And obviously, of course, Maine's record at home, 11-4-1. Um, 
That's yeah. That's just kind of my my pessimist numbers there. I maybe need you to get me out of that if you can. Yeah, I mean, trying to be as objective and realistic as possible here. I mean, if I'm trying to list out the things that Maine's going to do well, I think it's the fact that they're playing at home. They're going to have the home crowd that everybody's been talking up ever since we mentioned to our friends that we were going to be going to this game. They're like, Alphonse, great fans are amazing. They're going to get into it. It's going to be a great atmosphere. I think the key for UMass this weekend is to take them out of the game. Mm. Like I'm looking at, you know, a lot of the penalty minutes for a lot of their forwards and defensemen. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight players that are over 20 penalty minutes this season. That's, that's a, that's a pretty fair amount of penalty. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, if the, if the crowds are going to be very riled up, I think we need to match that energy and try and get under their skin. And for, you know, as selfish as it's going to sound for me, you know, I always want to see a good hockey game. I want to see free flowing, you know, fun offensive hockey. I think we're going to have to frustrate the hell out of them, get under their skin and try and capitalize on the power play. I genuinely think that's going to be the best way that we can kind of tackle this. I'm not saying we got to play dirty. I'm not saying we got to do some, some BS to try and, you know, make it a chippy game just to, you know, ruin their night. But you know, we have some players that can be annoying. They can be, you know, a little chippy after the whistle, try and get under their skin a little bit. I think we can take advantage of a couple of hotheads on that team and make them lose their cool and their composure that they seem to have every time they play an Alphon. But I think, you know, last, you know, last series of the season, fans are going to be, you know, ready to go really, really excited. I think we need to take them out of it early, frustrate the hell out of Maine and try and take the crowd out of the game with hopefully an early goal. Because I think if they're going to be playing from behind the whole time, they they might be a little nervous. Yeah, I I hope that's we could definitely do that. Um, in order to do that, we're going to be need to uh, finish our scoring chances against mm-hmm. Northeastern uh, in the second game. That was certainly a problem. Um, we've seen a lot of guys kind of whiff on one timers or just need to make one more pass, uh, connect to to get a goal, and it hasn't happened. We need uh we need some better finishing skill. Um, this time out there, I think if we have that. Um, I think if we have that, we have a good chance any night, but uh, certainly going to be more important against a, um, a quality home opponent in Maine. Yeah, I think the other thing that's going to be huge is, you know, when it comes to finishing chances, I think we got to play with a lot of speed. Like, I think this is going to be the type of team that, you know, because they're so good defensively, we can't just sit in the offensive zone the whole time and just hope that a scoring chance will develop off of a set play. Like, the, the goalie is clearly extremely skilled. You know, like, we're going to have to, you know, just outnumber them and play with a lot of speed off the rush, try and force turnovers. If we have to play aggressive, that's what we're going to have to do. You know what I mean? I think we're going to have to try and pinch up a lot, you know, especially on, you know, just pass interceptions in the neutral zone. I think, you know, if we're going to lose, we're going to freaking lose. You know what I mean? I'd rather lose the game five to one at this point because there really isn't a whole lot to play for. And I would rather us just go for it and, you know, try and secure the win. Like, if, if we're going to play, you know, I just basically want us to play risky because yeah. we, we need that, you know, because we need the W at the end of the day. If we lose by one goal or we lose by five goals, it doesn't matter. I'd rather us at least go for the win and, you know, make a couple of risky plays because we've had the whole entire season so far to play safe and try and, you know, win, win games off of pure, you know, skill and coaching, all that stuff alone. I think at this point, throw it out the window, let the boys play play with confidence, play with speed, play with skill, and just hope we can solve Osman with, with those types of things. You know, I want to see odd man rushes. I want to see defensemen jumping up into the play because, 
we, we already did that against Northeastern. You know what I mean? Like we were trying to jump up into the play and we were getting burned, you know, on three on ones, two on ones. Brady was getting beat completely clean off the rush. If it's going to happen anyway, when we're playing safe, I'd rather us at least get a couple more chances on the other end. If those chances are going to be coming up for the other team anyway, I know that was a huge rant. I'm hoping that you guys understood what I was saying there. Preach brother. Yeah. I'm trying my best here. <laughs> yeah, put me, so, put me uh, in the locker room before that game. I'll, I'll I'll get the boys in a shape. I think I can go with a pretty big speech and get the boys ready to go. I love it, love it. Uh, we'll have a um an updated hockey East standing scenario out on Twitter and probably our Instagram story after UNH's game on Thursday. Um, that the picture becomes much more clear then what we need. So we'll have those scenarios laid out for you there um yeah like we said we'll be in the building for both games so if you're heading up to Maine for these uh let us know before and we'll we'll try to hang out and say hi um before after some of these games so should be a fun weekend last one of the regular season um and hoping UMass can get a couple dubs we'll see what happens yeah I mean it'll be huge I'm hoping you know that perfect storm happens I mean I don't know exactly what the parameters are to get home ice but you know if it happens it'll be awesome to get some more games in Mullins because yeah I'm being honest with myself here. If if we get another series in Maine, I don't know if I'm making two weekends in a row. That's going to be tough. <laughs> I mean, you can call me the most dedicated fan in the world. I mean, and I'd agree with you, but there's, there's a limit. You know what I mean? Like my, my car is going to be in the shop. So, I mean, I don't even know if I could realistically take a rental car all the way up there without getting charged like 400 bucks for it. So <laughs> we'll see, but uh, just really hoping that uh, at the bare minimum, you know, we can at least create a, you know, this might be me being a little bit selfish here, but, we can create a playoff matchup that doesn't end up with us being in Maine. I'll be very happy. <laughs> yeah. I think every, I think everybody's with you there. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll also have a vlog from our weekend. We haven't had one of those in a bit. So another thing to look forward to should be a, a cool video. So thank you guys. If you listen this far, we appreciate you. Um, if you're listening to all our previews this year, especially with where this season has gone. Uh, we love you guys. You're the best. Um, we'll certainly have previews for, um, any any playoff games we have so it's not the last one of the year but the last regular season one so we appreciate all your support and yeah it's about it go UMass go UMass take care everybody let's finish off the regular season strong get some momentum for the playoffs come on boys mm-hmm.